0: she was kind of like a new face i'm sure that there wasn't like a boy's equivalent to like tiger beat or all those magazines that we got with like pictures of young actors in it but if there were she would be in it
1: Oh, you mean straight guys didn't have ym (laughs) ym magazine or teen vogue that was just me oh oh dawson look
0: there's your mom back to you bob A2. Back to you, Bob. Hello, and welcome to Back to You, Bob at Dawson's Creek Podcast. We are your hosts, Christina and Micah, and this is episode 206, The Dance, which originally aired on 11 -11 98 Veterans Day.
1: This episode is so dramatic. This is what I live for. I'm here. I'm seated. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone cries. The melodrama is here, and I'm living.
0: It is an iconic episode. It's a little less iconic with the new music, but we will get into that a little bit later.
1: It makes me so upset. It makes me so angry. What are we drinking? What's the Dawson's drink?
0: Today, we are drinking Dancing Queen. It is one and two-thirds ounce of cherry brandy, two-thirds ounce of vodka, two-thirds ounce of Grand Marnier, two-thirds ounce of pineapple juice.
1: We have our Dawson's drinks, and like I'm just ready to get into the drama.
0: Tell us what it's about.
1: All right. So like we said, this is episode 206 of The Dance, and it opens in Dawson's bedroom, where he, Joey, Pacey, and Andy are watching Footloose. So they have a little bit of a double date vibe happening, and a classic Dawson's Creek debate breaks out. See, Andy is dancing while they're watching the movie, and she says she can't wait for Saturday to go to the school dance. Joey, Pacey, and Dawson say... This group does not participate in school activities. They would rather watch movies about them and analyze those instead. Andy cannot believe this. Like, you're telling me that you guys would rather watch movies about doing these classic high school things than actually take part in them and make the memories? And they say yes. She is horrified. But then she brings up, what about sex? And they're listening, and she says, well, you know, dancing is a type of foreplay, and it can actually lead to sex. You know, this piques the interest of everyone in the room, and they all agree to go to the school dance, thanks to Andy. So meanwhile, Mitch and Gail announce to Dawson that they feel as though they have done everything they can to find a solution to her affair, and that they're going to spend some time apart. Mitch moves out, and each of them has a really hard time this episode dealing with all of the alone time and the freedom that comes with that. They call each other on their first night apart, and they have a nice talk, and it's very clear that Mitch simultaneously does not want this, but he also needs it. So back to the kids. Christy is back this episode. So if you remember, Christy is the girl that Pacey had a crush on in the season premiere. So Christy and her boyfriend, Brett, have a horrible public breakup. Dawson and Joey comment and say they should never air their dirty laundry like that in public ever. It is so embarrassing. And they talk about how they can't believe they're actually going to go to a school dance. And they also talk about how they can't believe they've never really brought up sex before since they've started dating. It came up all the time when they were friends, but it's never come up since they got together. So they're walking, they're talking, they see Abby and Jen together, and Joey comments that she does not like how much time Jen is spending with Abby, and she suggests that Jen comes to the dance with them as a group. Later, Andy wants to invite Jack, so Andy and Dawson get the idea to set Jack and Jen up on a little date at the dance. So Pacey and Andy might be dating now, but they still have their verbal sparring and their bickering and their banter, and he tells her in no uncertain terms will he be dancing with her on Saturday night. He will go, but you will not catch him dead dancing. Now, Bessie advises Joey not to tell Dawson about Jack kissing her last episode during the full moon. But once they get to the dance, Joey is less than thrilled to learn about the plan to set Jack up with Jen. Now, since Andy can't dance with Pacey since he refuses and she doesn't want to dance with her brother all night, she dances with Dawson while Joey and Jack dance. And this leads to a fight between Joey and Jack during their slow dance over their kiss. She can't believe that he would kiss her while she has a boyfriend and he fires back And maybe she's not mad that he kissed her. Maybe she's mad that she kissed him back. And Dawson overhears this. And Jack says he doesn't regret it and he would do it again. Dawson clocks Jack in the eye and it causes a whole scene. And later, Dawson and Joey cause a bigger scene when they get into a fight outside the dance. But how she acted like Dawson was the only thing she wanted for her whole life. And now she's cheated on him. And how Dawson turns everything into a dramatic movie and et cetera, et cetera. But it peaks when she says this isn't about Jack and it isn't about Dawson. It's about her. Everyone is staring, and it's the exact kind of airing of their dirty laundry that they promised never to do at the beginning of the episode, when they saw Christy and Brett doing it. So speaking of Christy, Pacey bumps into her in the hallway during the dance, and she's very bummed about her breakup with Brett. And Pacey starts talking to her, and he's trying to cheer her up, and they share a dance. And it's a very intimate, slow dance, right in the middle of the hallway. And of course, Andy sees it, and she storms off since she knows how much she hates dancing and because he's been refusing to dance with her all night. When Pacey and Andy meet up, he says that Christy is just a fantasy. And she says, well, you know, tonight was my fantasy and you ruined it. And he really doesn't understand why Andy likes him so much. And she says that he's funny and he's not judgmental and he was nice to her mom and he's smart. He's so smart. He's brilliant. He's witty. And she doesn't understand where this loser complex that he has comes from. He realizes no one has ever really said anything this nice to him ever. He apologizes, they share a dance, they have their usual banter that's very cute and funny, and then they kiss. So Jack walks Jen home with his black eye, and she realizes that he does really like Joey a lot. But she says when they were together tonight, she couldn't tell that he did. He focused just on her, and she thanks him for that, hinting that Dawson could never do that when they were together. So Joey and Dawson finally meet in his room, and they talk it all out. And she says, you know, all I ever wanted was you, and I got you. You are my dream, and now I have nothing else. And she says that she wants something else. She needs to figure out who she is and what she wants. And he says, yes, let's do it. I will help you find yourself, and I'll help you find your passion. And he says that he loves her, and she says, I love you too. But then she says, it's over. She needs to do this on her own. They cry. She runs away. He's angry. He trashes his room. He kicks the ladder off of his house, symbolizing that this short-lived relationship is over. And that is episode 206.
0: The drama.
1: The drama. The tears. The anger. The angst.
0: We're drowning in the tears.
1: We're living for it. It was so good.
0: So good. Written by John Harmon Feldman, who wrote the premiere episode of this season and who wrote five episodes of last season. I mean, another solid episode from him. This is the second episode that Christy is in. Maybe... Maybe they just loved him for Christy.
1: Plus, he technically created the character of Christy if he wrote her her first episode. So bringing her back, he gets what they call a character payment. So anytime a character comes back, the original writer of that episode gets what they call a character payment. So anytime like Abby appears, Mike White will get a character payment because he wrote Breakfast Club, which was Abby's first episode. So he technically gets credit for creating that character.
0: I'll never forget when I learned that tidbit and I was like, wow, so you're telling me on a show like... Bones that ran for eight seasons. If you created a character season one and didn't write ever again, you continued to get checks. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like if you create like a Kimmy Gibbler or Steve Urkel or someone like that who just keeps coming back and back and back, it's good.
0: (laughs) You won't go hungry.
1: Little tidbit. I'm sure it's not a coincidence that he created Christy and then he wrote this episode. And then he also gets Andy's character payment then.
0: Yeah. You're right. That was her first episode as well.
1: Good for him. Who directed?
0: This episode is directed by Lou Antonio. If you recall, he was with us for an episode last season. His career is ridiculous. He's an actor, a producer, a director. He has 87 directing credits. He was in Cool Hand Luke as an actor. The thing that I find interesting is the episode that he directed last season was 105 Hurricane, which, you know, is a fan favorite around here. Pod favorite, I should say. And it's another very emotional Mitch and Gail episode. So I'm wondering if they thought of him for this episode and asked him to come in specifically for this storyline or if it's just how the cards fell.
1: Yeah, or just like he's good at getting those character breakups, those emotions out of the actors, maybe. You know, Joe and Dawson, Katie and James in this episode and Mary Margaret and John and that he was able to pull those emotions out. You know,
0: Yeah, exactly. It's a real A-team between John Harmon Feldman and Lou Antonio. Really good mm-hmm. stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Let's do guest cash shout out. Who's going to get it? Who's going to get it?
0: Guest cash shout out. This week we'll go to Allie Larder. We kind of touched on her in episode one, but we gave the proper shout out to Meredith Monroe. Meredith
1: Monroe, yeah.
0: So let's give Allie Larder her due playing Christy Livingstone. She was, of course, in Varsity Blues with James Vanderbeek, she was in Final Destination with Kerr Smith. She was in Drive Me Crazy, Legally Blonde, the TV series Legends, Heroes. She's got tons and tons and tons of credits. Most recently, she was in a movie called The Hater last year, and she currently has two horror movies in post-production.
1: Nice. And she was in a recent Final Destination, I believe, wasn't she?
0: She is in multiple
1: Final Destinations. Yeah. Yeah, She's she's in one and two, but then I think she comes back one of the later, later ones. She's great. There's something, she definitely has that, like, je ne sais quoi, where she just kind of has that star quality.
0: Definitely. Especially with the character of Christy, you would think that Christy would be, like, a stuck-up popular girl, but she's kind of this, just kind of chill, insecure girl. I guess that's
1: what I was trying to say. Like, you know, she's this pretty blonde, you know, sometimes those actors, when they're playing those roles... It's like hard to relate to those characters because they're just so hot or whatever. But there is something about her that I find
0: relatable. vulnerable
1: or relatable or yeah. So I like Christie,
0: Good job, Allie Larder. If you want to come on the pod, we're here for you.
1: I mean, get in line. Everyone's beating down our door, but.
0: Music moment. This is a much larger conversation for this episode.
1: Let's get into the music moment because, oh my God, take it away.
0: Well, I was pleasantly surprised to hear Kiss Me coming up right after the credits. I did not think that that song was going to make the cut. And it's just one of those songs that really puts me in a time and a place.
1: Okay, let's back. Wait, we should give full context. So we had a discussion off pod about how amazing the music was for the original episode. There's a lot more songs in this one than usual because, you know, it's a dance episode but then also the music moments. There's a lot of good moments in this episode. So we were very excited to see what songs made the cut, if any. And we found that, like you said, Kiss Me. Okay, so take it away.
0: So Kiss Me, I was very excited to hear. And then from there, it kind of unwinds. I remember there being a real big fish song that kind of led us into the dance, like a high energy ska song that brought us in, which they, you know, they found a song that was in the same vein, but it just wasn't this. I immediately was like, oh, this is not the same. One that stood out to me that I remember was She's So High by Tal Bachman. When Joey and Dawson are dancing, what stood out to you as something that you missed?
1: You were surprised that they got Kiss Me. I was too. I was also surprised that they got Footloose, you know, because Footloose plays in the cold open Yeah, and they're watching it. I was kind of shocked about that. Now, of course, I remember "Take Me Home" by Donna Lewis in the original. That was one of the songs that I kind of I had on my LimeWire and I had on my in my rotation, and it originally played when Joey and Jack were dancing.
0: We will put these original tracks on our Spotify.
1: Oh show,
0: fo show, for show. Do you have any past versus present?
1: The only thing that I had, which we talked about, was like the character payment thing.
0: The thing that I definitely didn't like internalize or feel the first time like when i was watching when i was young <laughs> is how ridiculous like daw i cannot stand dawson in this episode but the thing that really struck me in watching it again is like jen has kissed dawson twice since joey and dawson have been together and he hasn't told her and he doesn't he just kind of glossed over that fact and got so angry that Jack kissed Joey. I, that yeah. really bothers me.
1: I did not notice that time or this time. That is a great point.
0: It's such a double standard. It's like incredible.
1: I mean, I honestly am starting to, I hate to, I'm like, really, he's really annoying me. But so is Joey. Like, I hate them together. I'm like, what was I even thinking, honestly? Yeah,
0: they're they're very unbearable. They do not belong together.
1: She is driving me nuts. But anyway, it's not a past versus present issue. It's a... But I agree with you. That's a great past versus present.
0: Yeah. What the hell?
1: I don't know what I can talk about for past versus present. So it's, I mean, it's a huge spoiler, but like, look, if you don't know by now, Jack is gay. So I always thought, oh, Jack came on to be a love interest for Joey. And then they decided to make him gay. But then I read recently that he was always intended to be gay and they were going to, you know, slowly weave him in and then have him have that storyline. But he was also brought on to be an obstacle for Dawson and Joey at the same time. But it's just interesting watching, knowing that he's gay. It's very interesting. His awkwardness and his, the way he is with girls. And it's just interesting.
0: They did such a good job with Jack. I feel like we talked about it the last couple of episodes, but like the slow playing him, like slowly giving you information about him. He's just kind of there, but he's, he doesn't feel forced. It's very natural. And that yeah. is interesting. I didn't, I didn't know that either. I kind of assumed as well that he was meant to be a love interest
1: for Joey. And we could talk about that during our pastors present segment as well, because networks and studios, they won't let writers introduce characters like this anymore. These executives don't believe in like a slow rollout. Everything just needs to be now, now, now. And if you're like, if you're a writer of a certain caliber, you could do whatever you want. Like no executive or studio or network is going to give you notes, but everyone just thinks it's like, now, now, now. Attention spans aren't what they used to be. You know, what's the hook? Yeah. What makes it interesting?
0: TikTok generation, they think that nobody will stick with it.
1: And it's always more effective for me when there's a slow burn. And Jack yeah. was a slow burn and it, it's great. We've become endeared to him. You know, we're interested in him. It was well done, but it would never happen today. Also, none of this would happen today because cell phones ruin everything story-wise. True. Let's open it up. Let's open the discussion up.
0: Since we're on the topic of Jack, Andy convinces Dawson, Pacey, and Joey to go to the dance in the cold open. And then she has the idea to bring along Jack, and Dawson and Joey have the idea to bring along Jen. So Pacey agrees to pick up Jack and Andy, but Andy doesn't want him to pick them up at her house, at their house. So. They're walking down the street and they're just kind of chit chatting. And Andy says, Maybe this will be a good opportunity for you to meet some of Cape Side's kitties. The way she says cuties to me was so funny. Cape Side's kitties. So good. He goes, I don't know. And she's like, You don't know. Maybe you'll meet the woman of your dreams. And he goes, maybe I already have. And she just lets it go. I'm like, in what world is Andy not pressing him on that comment?
1: But she looks curious, right? But then doesn't Pacey pull up in the car? Don't they get interrupted? of? Yeah. She definitely is like, what? He also says something really degrading in that scene that I thought was really funny, but I can't remember what it is right now. (laughs) Like something really self-deprecating. Yeah, it was, I think, I think they were interrupted there. But she finds out. She finds out later. She
0: sure does. Well, because Pacey rides up in his dad's patrol car and it's like, whoop, whoop.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and he's like a squad car. Something I found very funny in the cold open when Andy's trying to convince him to go, she's like, I can't believe you guys just like stay home and watch movies instead of creating high school memories. Like all you do is bitch and moan. You're a bunch of cynics. What kind of memories are you going to create? And Joey's like, bitching memories. And then (laughs) I think Pacey says moaning memories. It just made me laugh.
0: It was a very cute moment. I think it was Joey and Dawson. They remember being like, oh, that was cute. Because yeah. then they both look at each other like, it was cute.
1: Yeah, and Andy's in her overalls, which were so funny. And her pigtails.
0: Yeah, she looks like a child. She Andy, looks like a child. And yeah, then she's yeah. talking about foreplay and sex. And it's like, oh, wait, so what's weird. happening? But speaking of that, I love that the writing of that, where they plant the seed of dancing as foreplay in the cold open and then later at the end when they're having the conversation Pacey and Andy are having the conversation about her seeing him dancing with Christy he's like we were just dancing and she goes it looked like foreplay like that that came back around
1: oh this the line that made me laugh that I don't think was intentionally funny when she's like I just want a night off from taking care of mom like I just want one night one attempted fun and he's like well maybe I shouldn't be around (laughs) (laughs) it's like oh poor Jack also can I just say that I love how dressed up the boys got for the dance
0: so here's my question for you my school had a winter formal and prom Mm -hmm. and it was tuxes the guys rented tuxes and wore tuxes did you have a homecoming dance or like a dance where you wore just a suit
1: yes there was formal semi-formal in the fall and then there was prom in the spring only seniors and juniors can go to prom so there were numerous dances throughout the year. Like this would just have been a normal dance at our school where you would not get dressed up. It was like a Halloween dance, a Valentine's mm. dance. I'd say there was like five dances total. Two were show up with the date, buy a ticket, dress up. The fall one is more suits. The spring one was more tuxes. So this one, like they got, they did get a little dress up in, in regard to what we would have done. But I just, I liked that they did. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is that would never happen now. Kids are... They wear hoodies.
0: Definitely not. But also, they kind of all looked like dads. The way that they were wearing their suits with their shirts and their ties.
1: Yeah. Dawson knows how to tie a tie. He's tying his tie while he watches Gail sob in the yard as Mitch drives away to his motel. Like, Mitch couldn't even find an apartment.
0: And also, he couldn't wait until Dawson left for the dance to go. Like, he had to create a scene.
1: Yeah, they were they were not here for dawson in this episode so when they announced they when they, Ford, D- dawson went through the ringer when they announced their separation to him he's you know did you try this are you just giving up you're just gonna do and mitch is like dawson while we you know usually encourage your analysis and your words of advice we are not here out in this matter case closed wow
0: pretty intense
1: rough episode for gail cries almost the whole time
0: it's a rough episode for mitch and gail both
1: It's a rough episode for the Leary's.
0: It is a rough episode for the Leary's. I actually wrote that down. I wrote, I feel bad for everyone in the Leary household. (laughs) It's just such a like heartstrings moment when Mitch calls the house and Gail's so excited to just hear from him. And you know that nothing is going to be resolved in that conversation, but just both of them really needed to talk to each other. It's sad. It's, it's tough.
1: It's going to be Dawson and Gail just living in the Leary house. No Mitch, no Joey, no ladder.
0: That moment, I mean, jumping to the end, but that moment when he kicks the ladder down.
1: I was kind of happy.
0: Symbolism.
1: Yeah, I was like, kick the ladder down because she's being annoying as hell. If someone broke up with me because they wanted to go, I would be like, I wouldn't even let them get the words out. I have to go find myself. Bye. Bye. There's the ladder. There's the door. There's the ladder. Get the hell out. Like, come on especially at 15. Oh, a life.
0: When she was running through the field to get away and he looks out the window <laughs> and she's like running further and further into the distance. I was like, run, Joey, get away from him. He's trash. Just go. Get out of here. I wrote I hate Dawson in my notes maybe four times.
1: I will say I liked when he stood up for himself and they were causing the scene in front of everyone and she was like, oh, it was just a kiss, Dawson. Like, don't try to turn this into one of your big cinematic moments. And he was like, don't you use who I am against me. Like, you know who I am kind of a moment. And I was like, yeah, they do do that to him a lot. Like, you know, he's going to be dramatic and you know, he's going to be self-involved and controlling. Either be friends with him and date him or don't. <laughs> like, don't right, tortured, right.
0: So. He's not going to change.
1: But also like, maybe don't break up with your boyfriend on the day that his dad moves out. Maybe just... Stick it out. Two more days.
0: He really was pissing me off. But he's having a really rough day. Like, I'm sure every reaction or every emotion is compounded by the fact that his parents are going through this separation. And he just saw his mom sobbing in the kitchen. And it's tough. And obviously, Mm -hmm. the catalyst for all of the things happening with his parents was infidelity. So if he's Mm -hmm. then reading into Mm -hmm. the kiss as infidelity, then...
1: Yeah, totally. And there's a there's a scene where he's talking to Joey during their dance about his parents, you know, his dad moving out. And he's like, I would give anything to go back to them just having sex all over the house like they were season one. And it turns into a conversation about setting Jack and Jen up and how she's mad that they're setting Jack and Jen up. And I was like, oh, he was just pouring your heart out. I don't know. She's not reading the room. I mean, he never reads the room, but she's not. And when neither of them do it, disaster.
0: The other thing at the dance, Jack and Joey are dancing. She leaves. He follows her into the hallway. And he's like, why are you so angry? Maybe you're angry because you're not angry that I kissed you. You're angry that you kissed me back. And I was like, Jack, shut up. Stop trying to read Joey. Like, everything about him in that scene was pissing me off, too. All of
1: them. They were all pissing me off. Like mansplaining aggro. Yes.
0: Yes. You wanted to kiss Joey. You kissed Joey. Maybe she wanted to kiss you back, but
1: I don't get that vibe from him. But I, I get, I get why you feel that way.
0: No, I don't think that that's how they were playing it because they were trying to plant seeds of something coming down the line. But, but just in that moment, the way that he was talking to her, I, I would have been like, "Fuck off."
1: But is he wrong? We don't know. I mean, we don't no. know. I just love Jack. I just love the McFees. You say it every time, but.
0: Oh, I love Bessie. I, th- I loved Bessie in this little opening scene.
1: Bessie was just downplaying the kiss. If you know, don't make a big deal out of it. Don't tell Dawson.
0: And I just love a little Bessie Joey sister
1: moment. Yeah.
0: Oh, Abby says himbo, and I thought himbo mm-hmm. was like a new word.
1: Yeah. So did I.
0: It's very zeitgeisty right now, or it's like very much so in the in the ether.
1: She says it about Christie's boyfriend Brett. Jen. And Abby are kind of ogling Brett. Well, Abby's ogling Brett at the beginning, and Jen says, "Oh, that's not my type. It's disgusting." Also, he's a girlfriend, and Abby's like, "Oh, he's just a dumb himbo. He's like perfect, you know." Yeah, I, I kind of had the same thought. I heard it, and I was like, "Huh." Yeah. Abby and Jen in this episode are wild, right? Because last time we saw them, they were fighting, and they they made up and fought a few times during that episode over the sexy sailor Vincent. And when it picks up, they're. Friends, they're ogling Brett, and then when we see them at the dance, maybe we miss something because maybe there was a scene on the cutting room floor, or maybe like Jen said, I'm going to the dance with Dawson, and Abby was pissed that she was going to the dance with them. But when we pick up at the dance, Abby seems mad at Jen. They're fighting again because Abby says to Jen, nice dress, "I stress to have the same one in a smaller size."
0: Yeah, brutal.
1: <laughs> they're constantly off and on. I mean, we talked about it last time. It's true to life because, like, teen girls, I think, are kind of like that, but or were like that. And maybe just teens in general. I don't want to, like, gender stereotype. Teen friendships are flimsy. But just watching them go back and forth constantly is very funny.
0: I'm trying to think of how they left it in that first scene where they're friends.
1: Yeah, so she kind of says, Saturday night, Brett will be mine, and Christy will be a memory. And she's like, Abby, that's disgusting. You're going to go to steal someone's boyfriend, but they don't they don't get into a fight, like a friendship-ending fight or anything. It's just more of a debate, mm. if anything. Abby was on fire this episode, as usual, the whole time.
0: That leads me to one other question I had for you. Were your dances on Saturdays?
1: Yeah, Saturdays and Fridays.
0: I think all of ours were Fridays. I don't really? think they were ever Saturdays.
1: I can't remember for certain, but I think so.
0: Like if you were on the prom committee or if you were on the Dance committee, you got to leave school like a half day that day. Go to the venue, set up, and then everybody at, wow. like three o'clock on. It would be like get your hair done, get your make, do this, yeah. do that, take pictures. Well, I,
1: I know prom was on a Friday, but it was like there was no school that day because end of the year, like school had already finished.
0: It was after school finished.
1: Yeah, like finals week. School was done for the seniors because the seniors ended a few days early. Girls got their hair did for high school dances i mean i guess yeah right like but, but they went and got appointments some people wow
0: speaking of hair jen's hair looks like my grandma's hair right but be- like my grandma's hair midway through the
1: process you don't have to even finish you could just grandma's hair period No, keep going
0: <laughs> but like my grandma would curl her hair and then she would brush it out but before she brushed it out, it was like individual pieces. Like, and it look it looks like you know I don't need to describe it. Just look at Jen. That's exactly how it looked.
1: I wrote down: Did Jen borrow Grams's curlers? <laughs> yeah. No, I know we don't we don't see Grams with curly hair. Or but it looks like she borrowed an old woman's hot rollers, and it's just a crazy hairstyle.
0: I love watching these first few moments of Jen and Jack. Hmm. They go on to have a very long-standing friendship, and it's very cute to see these little beginning moments.
1: Yeah, because they're strangers. They meet in this episode. This is a historic episode in Dawson's history. This is the episode where Jack and Jen meet. Jack and Jen become one of the couples in their own right, a friendship couple. They're best Mm -hmm. friends. I agree. I loved watching that. I loved because they're set up on a date, and it's funny because Pacey has a line that he says they could not be more different. And Joey has a line where she's like, he's so wholesome or whatever she says. And Jen is a a barracuda, I believe she says. (laughs) So two people comment on how different they are, which I totally see, but they make a great friendship down the line. And
0: I like how you can tell off the bat that they're very, they're like in tune with each other. They're definitely on the same wavelength, but there's nothing overtly romantic about it. Like I feel like on another show, it could be like, well, they won't they. I didn't feel any of that, but you could tell that there's something there.
1: Totally agree. I love it.
0: Can we talk a little bit more about the Andy AC scene at the end? It's like so brutal. I see both sides of it where he's like, that's a fantasy. I had to take my shoot, my shot I had to do it. And then when Andy says, I've been trying to act out a fantasy all night, it's like a arrow through the heart. I was like, oh, like.
1: I get what you're saying, but I really don't think Pacey, I think Pacey's point was like, look, she's a long shot fantasy. She's so hot. Like, don't you have someone that at school that you think is a long shot fantasy? So hot, so much hotter than I am. And it's him.
0: No, but her answer is it's him. No,
1: I know that her answer is that it's him. But I think in his eyes, he's just like, if they made like a celebrity, if they made like a, hall pass list or something you know and christy was his number one what he's saying is brutal but i think it has to do with it has to do with his self-esteem issues where he's like totally she can't think like there's got to be someone at the school that you think is like who's your christy they don't use these words but and then she's like you are my christy and but i like his response when he's like why do you like me this much like i don't get it and she goes on and says how all these things she loves about him and He realizes like, I think he realizes in that moment, I mean, I like how they wrote that scene because it wasn't so heavy handed and they didn't, they didn't really connect the dots for us. They let us fill that in. But him hearing that, I think kind of probably killed him, even though he didn't say it and he apologized and he didn't have to say, you know, no one's ever said those nice things about me. You just feel it. Like, you know that he's never heard that before. And when she says that, he realizes how much he's screwed up, but he didn't have to say to her. I really screwed up. What have I been saying? I can't. Yeah. I liked the way they did it. It was just.
0: Totally. But I don't think it was intentionally. I don't think he was being brutal to her or whatever, but I think it was brutal. Like her hearing that from him and then him realizing what he did to her on both sides. Like,
1: yeah, that hurts. Certainly at that age. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like now if someone was like, you know, that person's a 10, <laughs> <laughs> I I know I'm not a 10. <laughs> I know my personality is a 10.
0: I see myself in the mirror at these workout classes and I literally want to die. You don't have to tell me twice.
1: This is We were just talking about before we started about things we hate in workout classes. You said Mm -hmm. you hate when the instructor talks to you. I do too. This is also another thing I hate. When the instructor's like, turn to the person next to you and say, let's (laughs) effing go. Or like, turn to the person next to you and say, you got this. Turn to the person next to you and give them a fist bump. Like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to talk to anyone. <laughs> no, I don't want to touch you. anyone. I don't want to acknowledge anyone. I just want to look at myself in the mirror and watch me look terrible doing this workout. And that happened like four times today. How did we start that? I don't remember. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, like, I know I'm not out of 10. I don't know where I was. I don't know how <laughs> oh, I was yeah, to do yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. Like, if someone said to me now, Oh, I was talking to them, you know. If he really thought he could have a shot with her, that probably would have been more upsetting. But I think he really did think it was like a just a dance. Anyway, you know what I think is more brutal than hearing that? Watching him freaking dance with her. That's what would have destroyed me. After hearing for two days about how he doesn't dance and he won't dance with me, and he won't be seen oh, in public yeah. dancing with me. Him dancing with someone, now that would have killed me more than hearing like, oh, she's a fantasy.
0: And coming off, they've had some very, like, that whole scene with him and her at her house and talking about her mom like they've had some very like emotionally intimate moments they haven't been physically intimate yet at all but it's not just a little crush anymore like there's been a little bit more foundation laid yeah and then for the whole like i don't dance i don't dance he's so adamant about it the entire episode that would have been really tough
1: he has a bunch of sweet moments this episode he asked her where she wants to meet he offers to pick her up, but he says, I'll meet you anywhere you want. And she says, no, I don't want to meet at my house. And that's a little nod to how last time, in the last episode, he went to her house to pick her up. She didn't want that. He learned about her past, how her mom is not mentally well since her brother's car accident. But, and then there was another scene where he asked how her mom's doing. And like, he's just, he's sensitive.
0: hmm
1: And he's very aware of other people's feelings, which of course is in sharp contrast to Dawson's self-absorption.
0: Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the Dawson-Joey end scene where, like, so she says to him, I need to make myself happy, and that's probably the only thing in this whole world that you can't do for me, which is a valid point. And then Dawson throws out a Hail Mary, I love you, and she's like, I love you too. And then she leaves, and then Dawson loses his shit.
1: They say they love each other, and... He, he basically says, you know, let's find out who you are. Let's explore. He, I think he's basically saying, let's explore this art thing together. You know, let's do. And she says, no, I have to do it alone. We're over. And he's like, we just said I love you. How could we be over? And she's like, bitch, we are. And I'm going to walk very gently down this ladder.
0: And then I'm going to run through this field.
1: <laughs> you know what shocks me? that they, they let Katie practically go down the ladder in high heels. That would never happen today.
0: I wonder if there was a harness that we didn't see or something.
1: I can't. They couldn't have. How?
0: Now it, she would be in a harness. We would be painting it out in post. It would be a huge pain in the ass.
1: Really? I, I would have thought like if they did it now, it just be like close ups of her just like getting in the ladder, getting, you know. But anyway, she storms out of his room with such purpose and vigor. And then she <laughs> takes a long pause before getting in the ladder. Which I get. I'm terrified of ladders.
0: <laughs> Especially stepping off of something like a roof onto the ladder. Like going up the ladder, fine. Going down the ladder once you're on it, fine. But that moment of getting onto the ladder, terrifying.
1: And it's a pretty wide shot. I mean, I'm sure it's not wide enough where you see the bottom of the ladder so I'm sure people are holding the ladder in place and making sure she can't fall. But like, still. Worked out. Praise God. Lou Antonio had that Secure.
0: Yeah, I don't know. The The other part of it all that annoyed me was when Dawson was like, how could you, for the last 15 years, make it seem like I'm the only thing that you wanted, and now you're walking away, or whatever he says. Like, Dawson, take it easy. You have only known she had a crush on you for the last six months. Get out. The last 15 yeah. years. Well,
1: we've talked about this. I agree with his point a lot of the time, but the way he says it is so aggressive, But I get his point. I mean, he's like, you know, you wanted this for so long. And now in the blink of an eye, it feels like you're just changing overnight kind of a thing. So I get his point, but his delivery is an atrocity. But then again, he's a 15-year-old.
0: Yeah, and he's gone through a tough time. But also, he really looked like a blockhead in this episode. His head looks so rectangular. When he came up behind Jack, I don't know how to describe it. He looked like, um...
1: You know what? I think it's the haircut. I've been noticing his haircut these last few episodes. His haircut is very boxy, and it makes his head just seem very, very boxy.
0: I just had to Google this because I couldn't remember his name, but his head kind of looks like Powdered Toast Man from Ren and Stimpy, which is just a piece (laughs) of bread on top of a human body. I hated it. I hope they resolve it soon. I hope hair and makeup gets together.
1: I don't know. This is how I remember him in season two, so I, I don't think they do.
0: And season three, I think...
1: I know. I was just going to say, he really doesn't change his look up till season four, but we love his look in season four.
0: I think that's all I wrote. Do you have anything else?
1: Whoever sells string lengths in Capeside, let me tell you, they could retire. They're everywhere.
0: Have we ever talked about wet downs?
1: We have. You said that most establishing shots are wet downs because it looks more cinematic, and so that basically means that the floors, they wet it, right?
0: They spray down the ground and exterior shots to just make them more dynamic and reflect whatever. This is a good episode to notice that. The ground outside of... Is that the art museum where Pacey picks up? Yeah. If you look at the ground outside that, it's like a very blue, clear day, and the ground is entirely wet. And then if you look at the end when Andy and Pacey are dancing, the ground is wet. And it, it just the way it reflects the string lights that Micah was just talking about makes it really a more interesting shot.
1: There was... So Abby and Andy are just cracking me up. Abby was in last season, but like she's really in this season. And this season, I just forgot how funny the season is, how funny. and how funny certain moments and characters are. So obviously, Andy's agenda this this episode is, you know, get everyone to the dance, get everyone to have fun at the dance, get Pacey to dance. But she's also setting up Jack and Jen. And there's a moment where Jen really wants to leave. And Andy is like, how dare you? We're having an amazing conversation and things are so like, we're having the best time. How could you, how did you leave? This is so much fun. And then Jack walks up and he's like, well, I think I'm going to hit the road. And she's like, great. Jen was just leaving. You can walk her home. Like her, the 180, (laughs) the turn she does from trying to convince Jen to stay to trying to get them to leave together is hysterical abby is just oh, her dialogue is just so funny she says something to she's first of all she's dancing with brett so brett and christy are done she's dancing with brett and she's dreamily looking up at him it's just so cheesy the way she's looking at him and then she's like she says you know what i love most about you brett it's the way that your muscles
0: <laughs> the way that you work all of your muscle groups equally
1: or something yes. like that <laughs> yes the way that. She she's like leaning on his pecs, basically, during the slow dance. And then once Dawson punches Jack, she's like, nice hook, slugger, or whatever she says. <laughs> yeah. She's just, and she's like fully, fully having sex with Brett after this dance.
0: Oh, yeah. Brett sucks. He's a himbo. He's a himbo. Chrissy deserves better.
1: Other than that, I mean, I don't know. What else happened at your proms and your homecomings and your dances? I don't know. I remember that I drove myself and my date to prom, and I only remember this because we went to Dunkin' Donuts after and got culottas, and it was the, <laughs> my <laughs> night. There's two things I remember about our prom night. I remember that the last song was Send Me On My Way by Rusted Root, and I remember that I oh, got love it. Like a orange mango culotta at Dunkin' Donuts after. And like I can't remember if I kissed my then-girlfriend, but if I did, I blocked it out because trauma.
0: My boyfriend was kind of... The worst senior year.
1: Did he dump you on the day your dad moved out?
0: (laughs) He didn't. But at prom, I was dancing with my friends and he got jealous. And then he threatened to not go to prom weekend. And so I sat there next to him at the table for the entire remainder of prom.
1: What else goes on at prom weekend?
0: Prom weekend, you go to the Jersey Shore. You get a hotel room and you drink with your friends because prom was on a Friday. So you would go Friday night usually, or Saturday morning, and then stay until Sunday night. Wow. But this is a callback to last season. I had to go to prom weekend like midday Saturday because I had Saturday detention. (gasps) Did you guys have like a prom weekend, like an after prom thing? Or was it
1: just... I'm sure sure there were parties. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I was at Dunkin' Donuts. I was at the (laughs) Dunkin' Donuts drive through by 1030. Home
0: and asleep by 11.
1: <laughs> Dropped my girlfriend off, went home and watched something really gay. <laughs> Probably Dawson's Creek, honestly. Probably home and watched the season four finale of Dawson's Creek or rewatched it or did whatever the hell I was doing then.
0: You were like, sorry, Jane, I got to get home. Important <laughs> stuff to do.
1: <laughs> Jane. Yes. My prom was in the 1940s. <laughs> I remember, I mean, I've talked about this on the podcast. I was obsessed with Dawson's Creek and I really wanted to talk about it with everyone at school, but I was like afraid that they'd be like, oh, you're gay. So I have have to pretend to like have a crush on Katie Holmes. So I'm like, oh, she's (laughs) so hot. (laughs) And like, I don't think I had her picture up in my locker, but like maybe I did for like a week or two.
0: She was kind of like a new face. I'm sure that there wasn't like a boys equivalent to like Tiger Beat or all those magazines that we got with like pictures of. Young actors in it, but if there were, she would be in it.
1: Oh, you mean straight guys didn't have YM, (laughs) YM Magazine, or Teen Vogue? That was just me. Oh, okay. (laughs) I can't really think of any other fun prompt stories that I have. So, shall we do a Creek speak? Let's do a Creek
0: Speak.
1: We have a message from Tina from Jersey who DM'd us on Instagram, but I also believe left a Apple podcast review, which was a previous Creek Speak. Yeah, she's loved. team Dawson. She says, I absolutely love this podcast. I was a senior in high school when Dawson's premiered. Back then I was team Dawson and could relate to he and Joey so much. I had a Dawson-Joey relationship with my guy best friend since we were eight, but as an adult, I'm now team Pacey all the way and really love Pacey and Joey. I believe Pacey and Joey were always end game. One more thing. Can we please talk about the show Swans Crossing with Sarah Michelle Gellar? No one ever knows what I'm talking about, but I feel like you two might know about that gem. Love you guys. So I actually did not know what Swans Crossing was, but I looked it up after this and it was like this little known Sarah Michelle Gellar show. I've never heard of it. What year? It was 1992. Short-lived half-hour serial following the lives, loves, and intrigues of 12 wealthy teenagers who stir up scandal and excitement in their small town. Among them, Sydney, the mayor's scheming daughter, Garrett, a manipulative charmer and Sydney's blackmailing ex-boyfriend, Mila, a former television star, and Neil, a young scientist who's trying to create the world's first self-perpetuated rocket fuel. Wow.
0: I'm actually surprised you have never heard of that.
1: I know. And it was Sarah Michelle Gellar, Brittany Daniel, who was in Dawson's, Mira Sorvino. Isn't that crazy?
0: That is crazy.
1: Yeah. No, the only thing I knew Sarah Michelle Gellar from before Buffy, she played Susan Lucci's daughter in All My Children. That was like the only thing. Yeah. But I think Swan's Crossing preceded. Bianca? Bianca, yeah. She's <laughs> is
0: that <Bianca>. right? <laughs> yeah. Really pulled that one out of the depths.
1: Yeah. So Tina from Jersey just like rocked our world because she threw out a show that I have never heard of.
0: See, but it's such a bummer because I feel like this is like the third time on this podcast where we brought up a show from the 90s and I'm like, that sounds like such an interesting show. I want to watch it. I'm like, how can we... We need to start our own streaming platform that's just like defunct shows that nobody, like it has this, the smallest niche audiences.
1: I know. I, wanna, I, I see it. I'm, I'm about to blow your mind. Oh God. So, if the Wikipedia is correct, the show had one season and 65 episodes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what?
1: That cannot be possible. It, it is. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like a nightly soap. Anyway, I'll have I'll have to dig into this deeper. Remember that like MTV soap that came on every night at seven? It was called Undressed.
0: Yes, loved that show actually. And then
1: they launched they launched one called Spider Games. That Don't was, like, remember we that But anyway, thank you, Tina from Jersey,
0: single handedly keeping this Creek Speak game in business.
1: Shall we do a Dawson's draft?
0: Let's do a Dawson's draft.
1: We are going to do the category best villain. Scary, baddie, 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 and who's going first?
0: I believe you're first this week.
1: For my first villain, I don't even think you've seen this show. I'm gonna pick Doctor Kimberly Shaw from Melrose Place. Huh. she blew up the damn building. <laughs> she planted bombs all over Melrose Place, and she was crazy, and she kidnapped babies, and she told the mother that that was dead, and she tried to pass it off as her own, and she holy cow. Slept with your husband. She did it all. Best villain of all time.
0: I think I am going to take Joffrey Baratheon from Game of Thrones. He's such a little shit.
1: Good one.
0: He doesn't have a good bone in his body. He sucks. Bad person.
1: Bad person. Lauren (laughs) Conrad, the hills. (laughs) For second, my second pick. Ooh, I don't know who to pick second. You know what? I'm gonna go with Ben from Lost.
0: Oh, he was on my list
1: because I mean, I couldn't even tell you what he—he he was just bad. He was just bad. He is a liar. <laughs> he poses a—I mean, he's a crazy person.
0: He posed as a man lost on his hot air balloon. <laughs> <laughs> he's bad. That's a good pick. I think I am going to take the Trinity Killer from Dexter, played by John Ooh. Lithgow.
1: That's a good one.
0: That season of that show is so good. He is such a good bad guy in that. And he plays like presenting to society as a stand-up guy with like a very simple life. And in reality, he's a serial killer.
1: Yeah, that was my favorite season of that show. Me too. For my third villain, I'm going to go with Dan Scott from One Tree Hill. I mean, Hmm. good Lord, he terrorized them. All 10 years, killed his brother.
0: He killed his brother.
1: <laughs> Pretend like you didn't hear that.
0: <laughs> Whatever, I'll forget by the time I watch. Okay. For my third pick, I think I'm going to take Bryce Walker from 13 Reasons Why. He's the one who, oh, yeah. yeah, he has a serial essay history. People don't like to say the words, but he, yeah. He's just a really, really bad dude. And you can watch it and see why. But it's all the worst things. All the worst things you can think about, he does.
1: He sucks. Yeah, and does he he die in one season? I think he does.
0: I only watched the first season, so I can't tell you. (laughs) (laughs) But I know that he was like a very bad dude. Like toxic masculinity in one human.
1: For my fourth, I'm going to go... Now, this is very controversial, you see. So in Buffy, villains are a very big thing. There's a big bad every season. And everyone has their favorites. And people really judge me harshly for this one. My favorite villain is Glory, who's season five of the big bad. And she kind of has two sides. She's like split in half, I guess. So her one personality, Glory, she's a god. And then half of the time, she takes the shape of a man. Cannot put her on.
0: Okay, number four, number four. I think I'm going to take Gus Fring from Breaking Bad.
1: Oh, yeah, he's a good one.
0: He's another one that presents as like a very normal dude with a normal job working at a chicken restaurant. When in reality, he's a drug kingpin and will ruthlessly murder anyone who messes up his
1: operation. So for my fifth villain, I'm going to go with Vecna. From Stranger Oh,
0: he was on my list, too.
1: Because, I mean, the way that that show tied this season, this last season in with the whole series, it was brilliant. Like, was that the plan the whole time? I mean, oh, God, it was so good. They did a thing where he's like been pulling the strings the whole time, kind of a thing.
0: This last season was so good. Yeah. I'm going to kind of go in line with your last pick and pick the Night King from Game of Thrones, the head of the White Ooh. Walkers. The White Walkers are so scary, so intense. They feel unbeatable. They're so fast. They're so hard to kill. I just remember like the first time you see a White Walker, you're like, whoa, that was crazy. And then there's that episode where all of the White Walkers come and it's like, how does anyone survive this? And he's the head of them all. And he's a bad dude and really scary.
1: You love a Game of Thrones moment.
0: I know. I Well, I mean, Joffrey, come on. Night King, hello.
1: See, it's hard. And one of the things that you and I struggled with it's like, you know, a villain and a vixen are two different things, right? So, you know, Abby's a good villain in Cape Side, but like you can't put her on this list with like, right. you know, these crazy villains who've done actually bad things. So a uh, vixen probably will be a category down the line, but, you know, villain, they have to earn the title of villain and everyone on your list did bad, bad stuff. Everyone on my list did bad, bad stuff.
0: Worse than airing Andrew- Andy's dirty laundry at the school election. <laughs>
1: What you watching?
0: I got something. What? I watched Theater Camp with- <gasps> So did Ned. I. Yeah, I thought that you did. I watched it last night, Ben Platt and Molly Gordon and Noah Galvin and Nick Lee Ruman, But it's so good, so funny. It's based on, so uh, I guess, a short film that they made and then they turned it into a feature. But it's just about Theater Camp. They cast all of these kids. They're so talented, so cute. It's just a, it's a really funny look into the theater community. And I liked it a lot.
1: It was very funny. Yeah. Amy Sedaris is in it. She just never not makes me laugh. Very funny. That, I mean, that main guy's a star. I don't know his name. The guy from uh, American Vandal in um, Home Economics. And he's in theater camp.
0: Jimmy Tatro. His name is Jimmy Tatro.
1: He really steals the show of everything I've seen him in.
0: I also really liked Owen Thiel, who plays Gigi, who is the costume designer character.
1: Yeah. He's so funny.
0: I thought he was so good.
1: Would Would. recommend. Oh, I did start um, the Supermodels uh, docuseries on Apple. Oh, I
0: want to watch that.
1: Yeah, definitely recommend. You know, my partner really wanted to watch it. So we watched it. And then I was more interested than I thought I would be because I knew them, but I didn't really live. I wasn't old enough to really get the impact and clock, you know, when I saw them on billboards and things and clock who they were. I didn't really keep track of models. It's just it's really interesting. I think it's well done. And I think it's, I I think it's only four episodes.
0: That's on my list. All right. I think that's it. Yeah. We will be back next week for episode 207, The All-Nighter.
1: So what will be the Dustin's drink for next week's episode?
0: Well, it will be The All-Nighter, which is...
1: Mm, What's the correlation there?
0: I don't know. I don't know if you can (laughs) connect the dots. It is bourbon, cold brew coffee, coffee liqueur... And then three types of bitters, orange bitters, chocolate bitters, Angostura bitters. It sounds so good. We might have to record that episode a little bit earlier in the day so I can enjoy it and still fall asleep at a reasonable time.
1: Totally. We can do that on a weekend.
0: Yeah, perfect. And yeah, that's it.
1: All right. So next week's episode 207. And hopefully you enjoyed episode 206, the drama roller coaster where Joey, Gail, Andy all cried. (laughs) I didn't miss anyone, did I?
0: Joey, Gail, Andy cried. Jack, Mitch, Dawson had a real tough time.
1: Yeah, Dawson did his like cry angry face, you know, like cry sad face. I'm going to turn away anything, but sponsored by Kleenex this episode. (laughs) All right. So we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.